yes. Right. Stay right there. Stay right there. I'll be right back. Hey, welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International and our new television series, Country Wisdom. Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Join us now for Country Wisdom. I'm so glad that you knew how to get up to this little lake, Jim. It is gorgeous up here. Isn't it spectacular? You know, on the way over here, I was hearing things yeah, that you really? just... <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just I was kidding. hearing sounds of nature. What can you hear when you stop and listen? Yeah, there are some birds. There are. I heard mallards which are kind of everywhere. They're, they're not that exciting because they're too common. But I also heard and saw spotted sandpipers. And then off in the trees here, Stellar's Jay, which are just beautiful. And if you listen really closely, way off, I could hear red-breasted nuthatch. They're so cute, they're, they're like these little honky, which, you know, bores you, no, but I love birds. When you just said honk, 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 that's one thing I can't hear. There's no honking, there's no sirens, there's no <laughs> clang, 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 there's no, you know, all that hustle and bustle, that crazy going on all the time. It is just peaceful. Did you find yourself relaxing? Oh yeah, you can It's you like can't I got it. out of the, of the car at the trailhead and you just breathe. I mean, I breathe all the time, obviously, but I breathed. Yeah, no, you know, when you're in the city, when you're in all that stuff, you just find yourself, your whole mind, everything is going continually, your muscles are tight, everything's tight, your brain is tight, and you get and up you know, and you just I get start, so yeah. used to it, I'm not even aware of how tense my neck is, um, how on the go I am, pulling in and out of parking lots because I've got a long list of errands, and it's just so normal. You know, to be at that level of stress and, and nervous energy, I guess. But, you know, if, if you just stop, like you're saying, you listen. And hearing nothing other than nature. Yeah. The is... little, there's a little creek. In fact, I think there's more than one. We passed yeah. one and there's yeah. another one over here. It's amazingly soothing, you know. Now, you're a birder, there's no doubt. When you start whipping off <laughs> the numbers of birds in a, in a good day, how many birds can you find and identify? Well, you know, just a few days ago, my husband and I went out on what we call a big day. And it's where you start in the morning and you go to different habitats. So you've got high deserty areas around where we live, but you can easily get up into mountains and areas that are called riparian. It means it's along water and you hit different areas. And we got 108 species. 108? Yes, and we weren't even doing hard birding. You, uh, we've done days where we started in fact, we were in place at the first spot we wanted to bird before light. 
I call that a fanatic, though. That's that's, uh, <laughs> that's Steve. That's you know. I'd rather sleep in, which was the compromise we made. I said, but do we have to be there at dawn. <laughs> a normal person, but just coming out and relaxing. How many birds in one area could you identify without killing yourself and going around a lot? Let me tell you, we got into birding when our younger son was in the fourth grade, and his teacher was teaching uh, a segment on birds, and he had this contest where the kid who could identify, learn and identify the most birds by the end of that quarter would get a set of walkie-talkies. And Lauren decided those walkie-talkies were gonna be his. So I went to Walmart and picked up a bird book and a pair of cheap binoculars and said, well, okay, you know, we'll go out and we'll help you. So after church, like just a couple of days later, I remembered that our pastor enjoyed birding. And so Lauren went up and said, could we go for out this afternoon? Would you take us and show us some birds? And uh, Paul said, well, sure, I'd love to. And I said, well, how many do you think we can get like just around town, you know, and close by? And he goes, well, we should easily get 25 or 30. You know, I didn't know that there were 25 or 30 different species at that point. I knew robins, I knew a scrub jay, although I just called, I called them blue jays, which turned out not to be quite accurate. They're scrub jays. We came home with about 30 birds in just maybe four hours of being around town. And I was shocked because I had never paid attention. I'm always driving to my next errand. So busy, I, I wasn't listening to what's out there. Speaking of listening, do you hear that now? Another bird? No, listen. It's the wind. Oh, yeah, through the pine trees. I love that sound. And we're up in nature. What does wind represent in the Bible? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And when you're in nature, the Lord says, come apart a while. Why? So that we can calm down. We can drain all that garbage out of our hearts, our minds, and everything. So we can begin listening to that still, small voice. And you know, when you're around your daily life, if you live especially in an urban area, but even at home, if the television is always going, if you always have something running in the background, if you're always in headphones listening to music, you can't hear that voice. Very true, very true. Now, speaking of coming apart, let's get in the boat and let's go out and check out. I want to see some of the lily pads. All right. I saw a few out there that were in blue. I wrote a little book a while back called Overcoming the Three Ds. Depression, discouragement, despair. It's helped thousands of people. If you'd like a copy, you can log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and for a small gift, it can be yours. Please do it today. Hi, I'm Jim Ayer. My good friend Terry Cantrell and I have traveled the world together, filming from Egypt to Zanzibar, from Costa Rica to Brazil, India, and beyond. For years, we've captured stories that uplift the God of heaven, stories that touch and change lives. Now we're on a new adventure, and you're invited. We've started Talking Donkey International. Talking Donkey is a media ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ in a unique and powerful way, out of the ordinary, just like a talking donkey. Like us, I'm guessing you're tired of the same old cookie-cutter programs that line the Christian airwaves. 
The gospel is exciting. It's time to jump out of the mold and let the donkey talk. When that happens, people will pay attention. It's way out of the ordinary, and we're inviting you to become a part of this exciting and innovative outreach to the world. People are tired of watching the same old thing. Become a financial partner with us today, and together we will change Christian TV forever. Give the donkey a voice. You know, it's kind of nice that we have this end of the lake to ourselves. But you know, it's also nice that a couple of families have come in over there, you know, bringing their kids up here to have a day at the lake. Yeah, yeah. You know, it really is. The thing is, if Christ said, come apart a while to a desert place. But desert can just mean empty. Yeah, it doesn't see, have to mean hot and sandy. Oh. Exactly. It was what it meant really, especially is, is the disciples had just been through a grueling time, a good time. Jesus had sent them out to do battle with demons, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to do a, a huge number of things. Their week had been so grueling because basically he'd sent them out to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. I mean, a tremendous amount of, of things They'd been watching Jesus do all these things, but they hadn't been involved themselves. And so now, all of a sudden, was their opportunity. And it had been a, you know, they'd had some trials and problems and just dealing with life in the cities and everything like this. So Jesus said, come apart. I thought this. my week was hectic, but oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about what their time was like. You know, of course, I can't help but bring the Bible, right? And uh, I was looking at some of these things and he says, come with me by yourselves to a desert place to rest a while, to rest, you know, to, to take just a little respite. Now, they'd been other places, and I'm sure they'd rested, but, uh, you know, it wasn't going to the, the pleasant watering hole of the day. It wasn't going to some city place or location, but no, it was a real quiet, like you said, a, an area of solitude, of just relaxing. And the thing we can't miss, Jesus said, come apart with me. <laughs> you know, we, we can come apart. You know, we can, we can do all kinds of stuff. But unless you take Jesus with you, it doesn't matter a lot. You won't really have complete rest. Yeah. It's that peace. You know, the Bible says peace that passes understanding. Yeah. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who come out in nature and feel a sense of peace. But peace with a capital P yeah. is what God yeah. gives you. And I think you, you can find it much more easily out here. Now I know for myself, you know, I was totally involved in so many things. God had brought me out of being an alcoholic, a drug dealer and a thief and, and all kinds of things. Then I became a Christian and I found success in business. Boy, was I successful. I mean, uh, I was rolling in money. I was, I was lobbying on Capitol Hill in Washington, rubbing shoulders with the senators and the congressmen and doing all this stuff. But I really started realizing I'd lost that, that peace with Jesus. I, I worked, I worked, I worked. I, 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 could, I was in real estate. I was in the top 4% of Caldwell Bankers in all of the United States. Wow. And 
I found that, hey, I could be writing a contract at midnight. You know, I'd do all these things. And the, the problem is, is that doesn't get you uh, that time with Christ. It doesn't get you that relaxation with Christ. No, it doesn't. And we can fill our lives with so much. You know, yeah. just like you said, uh, sometimes it seems like for every item on my list that I cross off, I've added two or three more. The list never gets shorter. Yeah. yeah. Unless I make time, schedule time, where I'm going to spend an hour with my Bible. And you might think, I can't take an hour out of my day. There's so much to do. And there are way too many days that I do that. But I think especially that's why it's so good to come out here, a place like this. Yeah. Because you can't be doing those other things. You don't have to think about business uh, or your to-do list. Yeah. Have I ever told you about the book I read recently, The Three-Day Effect? Um, you know, I think you briefly mentioned it. This is what I'm talking about. A woman named Florence Williams, she writes, she's a science writer. And she knew from, I guess, anecdotal evidence, uh, river raft guides, backpackers, who all talked about the effect of being out in nature. And they all mentioned this third day magic, some of them called it. And where you just really have finally gotten into a different rhythm and let go of everything that was tying you down at home. But she wanted to know, is there really something to it? So she got some scientists and they developed some portable equipment. She went out with two different groups. Uh, one is a group that works with women who have been traumatized, uh, whether through addiction, domestic violence, trafficking, and they take these women out into nature. And then another group was run by veterans. And they take these guys out who are all suffering from PTSD. And they take them out rock climbing and hiking. And because guys like that a little bit more. I think the women in their group get pampered a little bit. You'd, you'd like that part, right? Oh, you bet. Yeah. You bet. <laughs> I, I'd be at the spa. But they talked about that same thing. They said the first day, everybody's actually still a little tense because this is new territory. They're doing something out of their comfort zone. They're not sure, should I have come? Some of them had to get talked into going on these trips. But the second day, they begin to relax. And they said the third day, they're finally talking to each other, making new connections with people, uh, talking about things that they never would have talked about at home. So what she did with these scientists, they actually had these caps, EEG caps, portable stuff. They had in a tent a whole lab where they could analyze. They were doing blood pressure. They were measuring heart rates. They were watching brainwave patterns and seeing if the three-day effect was real or not. And they found, I could feel it. I knew you, you are gonna... so lucky that I'm not leaping out of this canoe and tipping the whole thing over. I, I knew how bad it was. And I thought, well, shall I tell you? And I thought, no. You did good. You did it's the good. one thing in nature I do not like. Just bugs. <laughs> bugs. But she found that there really is a three-day effect. That A three-day effect. Heart On the third day, you can measure the difference in heart rates 
in blood pressure, in brain wave. Now she was talking about scientific things, you know, alpha waves and theta waves. And, you know, that was literally over my head, not just in my head. But the point was about the third day, they began having brain wave patterns that were, I think it was more theta than alpha, but don't hold me to that. But their brains were in a spot where they were no longer that focusing, anxious kind of thoughts, the, the to-do list yeah. kind of thoughts. Yeah. It was where they say your mind is wandering. You've relaxed enough that you've begun to literally start thinking about other things. You're not attached to that next to-do list. Right. You, you let go from And of course, creativity happens when your yeah. brain is in those waves, because that was another thing they had noticed is that people who took at least three days out in, the, out in nature came back, not just physically refreshed, but mentally refreshed and felt much more creative. Another thing they did, they gave them tests before and after. Uh, they did word puzzles. They did number puzzles. Things like giving you a string of words, anywhere five to seven words, and then telling you, now remember those. And then a couple of minutes later, coming back and saying, now what were, what were those words I gave you? And seeing if you could remember the pattern. Yeah. yeah. They did things like, okay, count backwards for one minute from start at a thousand and count backwards by sevens and they would see how far someone could get in the space of a minute. Oh, wow. And some of them didn't do well at all. Uh, like could maybe get down three numbers, three groups of seven down in the space of a minute. Then at the end, they did the same type of test, not, not identical. So it's not like you, oh yeah, I did that same string of words before or that same number pattern. They would do it by a different number pattern. And in fact, three days later, when they were doing the new tests, they made them just slightly harder. And yet people were scoring two and three times better. Really? Yes, their memory was better. They could focus better. So they were able to actually prove scientifically that nature has a healing effect. Wow. Not only that, they said about the third day, you know, I mentioned those veterans who began finally yeah. opening up and talking because they were saying nature is the best therapy. Uh, one of the guides said a week in the wilderness is worth a year of therapy. Really? And they proved that was really true because around a campfire at night, the third night, these guys started talking about I came back from my second tour in Iraq and my wife said I wasn't the same guy and she left. I lost my job. I was drinking too much. I didn't want to leave the house. Things like that. And here they were admitting that to each other and supporting each other. And they carried it over even when they went home because some of those guys stayed in touch. They, she followed up with them six months later. Yeah. Yeah. And some of those guys said, like one of them, he said his wife had, she rode rodeo. And in fact, when he had first joined the military, 
she bought a horse to have something to do because she knew she was gonna miss him. She knew it was gonna be a hard adjustment. She bought herself a horse and began doing rodeos. When he came back, he would barely leave the house. When he got back from that trip with the veterans group, he said, you know, I was outside my comfort zone, but if I can do that, I can go with her sometimes. You know, if that's her thing, but I can support her. So he began going with her, even though he didn't really want to be around people and he didn't really want to go someplace new, but he began doing it. Wow. Because that trip out backpacking helped. Yeah. There was a psychologist, a social psychologist that she quoted because this scientist, uh, Florence Williams, the science writer, she said, what do you do if you have a family, you have a job, you don't live anywhere near real wilderness? How do you carry that over? The social psychologist who had also been studying nature and its effect on people's emotions, she said, you can find it anywhere. She said she tells people to go out and look for moments of awe. Whether that is just seeing a flower box on the sidewalk as you're walking to work and noticing yeah. it, yeah. or finding a park and going for a walk, taking your dog for a walk every day, and instead of just marching along thinking about what you have to get done tomorrow, notice your surroundings. Yeah. Notice the sunset. Those you know, are moments of awe. I've written in my Bible this thought, either you come apart and rest a while, or you'll come apart. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, that, that's what you're saying. That's what, uh -huh. that's what really happens. You need to come and, and spend that time with God. Spend that time out in nature, which, you know, we've talked about before. It's kind of God's second book. Matter of fact, I had in Matthew 11:9. 9, it says, Learn of me. I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest unto yes. your souls rest into your souls. I mean, that's amazing, you know, that, that we can find rest in God. And into our inner being, our core, yeah. can just relax yeah. because God's got it. Now, one of the things, you know, as you get out in nature, what I've seen is it helps you rest too, physically, helps you get sleep. Today, I think there are more people. Yes, they found that they all yeah. began sleeping better. Yeah, there, there are more people that are taking sleeping pills and everything else, mm -hmm. just trying to get a little bit of sleep. Uh -huh. And it, that doesn't really work. But if you start really sleeping, I mean, there's tremendous amount of studies who show what sleep really does, you know. Yes. Um, you, you, you end up with a sleep deprivation and it hurts your diet, it hurts your, your attitude, it hurts everything in life. Your, your whole health system goes down the flusher, as it were. Well, I think you know uh, our younger son, Lauren, he does sleep studies. He works okay. at a hospital and that's his job. And he said, if people understood the effect that sleep has or the lack of it, lack of it yeah. on them physically and emotionally, he said they'd take it much more seriously. Yeah, well, one of the things that people find, you know, people have such trouble with weight gain. If they got better sleep, yes. the weight gain would go down. Uh -huh. And here's another interesting thing too is basically uh, if you quit eating late at night, if you have that last meal of the day four hours before you go to sleep, you will be able to sleep better. And guess what? That last meal doesn't go to fat. It goes to more energy, which, which is, you know, a tremendous benefit as well. Well, it's also related mental, physical, spiritual. 
There was something that really struck me in the three-day effect of the book. In the section talking about what you can do, mm -hmm. no matter where you live, this social psychologist said, I can't always get away for a week. You know, how many people can afford to do that? You know, to take a week off whenever they need it. She said her goal, she had started taking, just setting aside a 24-hour period every week. I thought, well, that's not an original idea, you know, because I think in the Bible, God had that idea first. Yeah, matter of fact, I was, I was thinking about that. Let me read you a text. Says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he'd been doing. And on that day, he rested from all of his work. God rested on that day. And then, then his Eden couple joined in with him in, in sharing that beautiful day of rest. Then later on, the Apostle Paul makes some interesting statement in the book of Hebrews. You know, he said, he weaves together kind of three concepts. The concept of we have a rest from, from uh, enemies, we have a physical rest, and we have a rest in Jesus Christ. And then you think about Christ talked about many things, especially in Isaiah now. He talks about in Isaiah 66, he said, look, here's the situation. When we're in heaven, we will have a special day every seventh day to come together with God and from one new moon to another every 30 days. So 30 days and seven days, from one Sabbath to another, we'll all come together to worship God and to join together with Him. And I think, isn't it interesting that through all of this, God has a plan, a total plan to come apart a while, to rest in Him, to spend time with Him, you know, especially once a week. And scientists talk about there's a circadian rhythm you know, in, in nature, a seven-day cycle. Uh, isn't it interesting? When we follow God, when we learn of Him, the things He has prepared for us. I felt like Satan was constantly nipping at my heels and I just couldn't catch my breath. I was grieving. I felt scared, confused, anxious, and depressed. My life was literally turned upside down and falling apart. I didn't know what to do, but I knew who had the answers. Can you relate? This amazing study guide changed my life in 12 weeks. I caught my breath, my faith grew stronger, my confusion turned to clarity, my anxiety lessened, my depression eased. I let myself be held in the arms of Jesus, and He calmed my aching heart. Are you ready for a dramatic change in your life? This 12-week study guide will guide you on your journey of transformation. This study is packed with powerful content to lead you on an encounter with Jesus. Jesus will use this study as a tool to change your life as He did mine. Order your copy today to experience your transformation. Log on to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org. That was great. I loved being out there on that lake. It was just so peaceful. You can just feel the tension drain away, can't mm -hmm. you? So calm out there. I wish I didn't have to go back home. <laughs> I urge you, give it a try. Come apart a while with Jesus Christ. 
experience him in nature, experience him in the, the wind and the trees and the smells and the, just the nothingness. It's absolutely wonderful. Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom. See you next time.